0: So DLF has asked the DLF podcast to do a live read. I don't, I don't do this. <laughs> I don't sell advertising space. I don't try and sell anything. But DLF is my home. It is my family. So I'm going to do my solid here. Instead of putting the uh, other podcasts from DLF ad up at the top of uh, Dynasty Crossroads, uh, I'm just going to do this here live read. Um, again, I'm not going to be paid to do it, I just think DLF's awesome, they got an awesome thing going on, and they asked, and I agree with it, so why not? Uh, let me see here, i got to pull it up, you can tell I'm real professional about this. Alright, uh, so, DLF would like you to know that if you are, god, can't do this properly can I, tired of the same old Dynasty format, Think you have what it takes to be a real champion? DLF has partnered with Safe Leagues and commish extraordinaire Scott Fish. Hey Scott. To create a brand new DLF Champions Cup series. That's DLF Champions Cup series, just in case I stumbled that. In the DLF Champions Cup series, you're matched up in a Superflex Tight End Premium with points and payouts awarded each year. Nice. The bonus is that every 3rd year you Your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins the Champions Cup. Ah, That's a neat idea. Claim a team today and begin your journey to hoist the Champions Cup and claim $1,000. Wow, cool. Uh, That's the grand prize. Come prove it, I guess, is what they're saying. It seems like a pretty cool competition. Uh, DLF's running it along with Scott Fish. Actually seems like a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, please hit up DLF Scott Fish. Or the DLF Champions Cup Series. Uh, you can find it on dynastyleaguefootballcom backslash safe leagues. Thanks very much. Let's, let's do a podcast now or something, right? Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads My name is Peter Howard At PA Howdy on Twitter Come in So it's time to talk about some things That shouldn't be true But ah I didn't really plan for that To be the subject this week I had a few great rants in my head I had a really good one about how much I didn't like T. Higgins um, And a really good one about how I liked Matt Breeder at his current value and I've, I've run over some of that, but the more I tried to find the value in it, the more it fell, they fell away, they fell out. I have a really great, uh, you know, stand on a hill about how T. Higgins is bad. But here's the thing. Something that shouldn't be true, that is, we don't know. <laughs> I'd love to tell you uh, that I just fade T. Higgins no matter what. But there the are relatively few players that just fall off a draft board if you especially in this class it's relatively hard to find complete faults especially where we've gotten better and better and better at drafting i want to not like t higgins i've told you before that the reasons for it are shy and it's more relative to the class in terms of likelihood of hit rate then a real problem with the player statistically. He has below average production at his age, but it's within range. He has really poor, to be honest, uh, for the type of prospect he is, yards per team pass attempt. But that happens sometimes. The problem I have with T. Higgins now, though, is not a rant I can do about how he compares poorly to these higher likelihood prospects... It's that where he's falling in drafts, I like him. So how can I not like him? And that that's really what I came to and wanted to talk about today. The things that aren't true, that are true, that shouldn't be true. That I think a lot of us make mistakes with, over and over and over again. Because we want to go get the players that people are high on. But no one I know that's, I'm not playing in seriously high-stakes leagues where you've got to either win or lose and you take upside, no matter what. But if we're playing a dynasty league, even then, you play value. You play likely. And T. Higgins could break out. T. Higgins could be good. He could do something, even, in his rookie year that makes his value go up. And so... I went and found DLS ADP for May this month and compared it to my positional rankings to try and get a sense of who's falling into this this cheat code, basically, of all pretending to stand on hills, but anyone who's any good is standing on hills within an ADP <laughs> and then they'll stand on another hill. Now the two players two of the players that i thought i'd be really low on and would be my you know this guy's gonna suck kind of hill uh henry ruggs obviously but he's falling smartly um he's like positional rank five at dlf but he's falling to the end of the first round at dlf because of rookie adp at the end of the first round a first round wide receiver with that kind of hype going to the raiders who's going to use him isn't terrible Now, I'm actually five spots positionally below that ranking. So I'm not going to end up with a lot of Henry Ruggs. I'm not really tempted with Henry Ruggs at the end of the first round, despite that. But it's only five spots. And so for my second pick in a draft, in reality, Henry Ruggs might be there because there's a whole bunch of people like me. If I'm playing in a similar league with similar friends, it might happen. What do I do there? Depends on the league. But you know, realistically, I draft him. That's not really hating a player. It's not taking him off the draft board. But that's not really the player that it really stands out for me It's T. Higgins, who I have in my rookie draft board at literally pick two oh one and he's going average in DLF's ADP, average draft position, at the two oh one. And now he's ranked the sixth rank Wide receivers, so six wide receivers off the ball by the time they start the second round, according to DLS ADP. Um, I have them ranked seventh. I'm taking an extra wide receiver, apparently. But that's fine. I'm I'm going to be high on wide receivers and low on secondary backs. But this is something I'm starting to think of more and more as the A.J. Brown effect, where a decent profile which has upside two, as we saw with A.J. Brown, falls into a good draft position, but I don't get him because I, you don't have, when we do marks and draft boards and ranks, I don't have 12 picks in the first round. I don't have 24 picks. I got two in the first two rounds. We all know we have more or less in different leagues, sometimes none, often with me. But realistically, or on the average, you're going to have two picks. And if that first pick... Lands at the end of the second round, you have certain choices. Now I think in most leagues someone's probably gonna reach him drugs. But maybe not, he's gonna be there for you. And if you are at the end of the first round, which I normally am if I have draft picks normally towards the end, I've got this inability to get T Higgins at the start of the second round. Like, that's not where my pick's going to be. So, you can talk about trading up, but I don't like T. Higgins enough to spend extra capital to buy an extra second pick or move my second pick up. There are players I like going after him that I have ranked before him. So, I'm hoping one of those guys falls. I might trade up a little bit less to go behind that range to get a player I like more than T. Higgins. But this is the A.J. Brown effect. This is, I'm not going to have any A.T. Higgins. And again, it might sound weird. Hopefully it does. If you're playing for fun, hopefully, hopefully that sounds weird. Uh, and I am playing for fun, but I'm also playing to win because winning is fun. And so value plays a role, likely plays a role. And that's, that's what I'm trying to talk about today. What shouldn't be true but is. We pretend to like certain players and not like other players, but really we we'll like them within a range. I don't hate players, I hate ADPs, right? That's Matt Kelly. That's essentially what I'm talking about. But it's really coming up in this year's class for me. Like, I don't want no T. Higgins, but he's. I can't spend extra capital to go up and get a profile they're not particularly high on. I'll have to, apparently, in some spots, because I want some T. Higgins in case, and because the profile's decent at that value. So, which players do I have the opposite effect on? I'm reaching hard on. I'm feeling very comfortable about. I'm not talking about level here. Like, I think people are wrong. There are some hills here. And so I'm going to run through some of those as well. Corn um, to DLF ADP. Denzel Mims is wide receiver seven, um, positionally ranked in their ADP. I only have him a, a wide receiver. Four, which is only three spots higher, but that's a really significant difference when you're talking the first seven picks and the first four wide receiver picks, right? So I'm going to end up, and I already have, I've done two drafts, I think, with a lot of mims, late, mid to late first round, because I like them a lot more than these players who were going earlier. And by the way, Joe Burrow, apparently on average, is going at the end of the first round. Don't do that in single quarterback leagues. Just, just, Just how about we don't do that, okay? (laughs) We don't need to talk about that too much, do we? Just don't do that. And that, again, you know, in most drafts, I mean, I don't think a quarterback's going off in the first round very often. So T Higgins moves to the end of the first round already. haven't even done anything else. Keyshawn Vaughn's in the first round, the very end of the first round, according to DLF ADP. In some of my leagues, they're not going to like that. They don't like media running backs. They think only running backs who look prolific on tape and great on tape. Talent matters. It doesn't really matter. So it's going to be someone who plays position in the landing spot that gets Vaughn, and some of my leagues, that's just not going to happen. So you've got T. Higgins moving up even further, so if I want him, I have to move up even further. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to draft Mims early, and then when it falls to the second round, the other player that I've got highlighted here, who I have four spots higher than DLS positional ranking in ADP, I have him ranked wide receiver six in DLFADP comes out as wide receiver 10 it's a big difference he's getting taken the mid first round I have him as a late first early second round pick so if I'm at the top of the second round I'm gonna not want T Higgins I'm gonna want Brian Edwards and that's a difficult choice and I've actually been sitting on the clock not between Edwards and Higgins but I traded back into the first round I'm not gonna explain the league but the reason I got in isn't because it was a cheap pick it's because the salary cap made sense for him to get rid of the pick rather than draft a player, so I got a deal. But the decision wasn't between Brian Edwards and T Higgins, even though that's what my ranks say, and I really like Brian Edwards in the end of the first round, it's between Denzel Mims and Higgins, because Mims was still on the board, and I'm even higher on Mims than both of those players. And I sat there for a while, not trying to decide between Mims and Edwards who positionally and in my ranks, those are the two players I like next. I'm trying to decide between Mims and Higgins because Edwards is more likely to come back to me later. I want Brian Edwards, I don't want him a lot. I think he has the potential to be the Stefan Diggs, the T.Y. Hilton of this draft class, third round or later. Third round, actually fourth round or later, but that kind of player, productive, drafted late for no particular reason, could be Tyler Johnson too, but he's even later that actually breaks out in the NFL. I really believe he can do that. But I don't want him over Denzel Mims. Maybe over T Higgins. If those were the only two players there, I'd have a decision. But they're not. The players that are going to be on the board for me, something that is true that shouldn't be true, is Denzel Mims and T Higgins. And I sat there for a while thinking, should I get Higgins here? Because I'm not going to get in this position very often. I'm not going to be in a position where I have... Higgins as one of my two favorite options to take at the end of the first round, knowing that I didn't have a pick in the second round. So I took Denzel Mims, of course I did, <laughs> i ranked um, clearly three spots higher um, than the positional ADP, I really like Denzel Mims, and I haven't actually exactly three spots higher than T Higgins himself. Like I like Mims as a late, mid to late first round pick. I like Higgins as an early second. And I don't lie. I stick, I, I I practice what I preach. I like Mims a lot. And someone's asked for my Denzel Mims take. They're talking about these rookies a lot. But yeah, it, we've got to happen in an episode of Mims where I can talk about it more specifically. But in a nutshell, really well-sized, hyper-athletic, really fast, Overproductive wide receiver based on his age in college. He's coming out a year later, but he only played two games in his first year. And production's changing over the last few years. It is changing. How many how many redshirt, how many have have a lost year? And um, we might see a change in that. And I think age-adjusted production still helps, but it's affecting some of the averages, I've noticed. And you're going to see more fourth years. I think we're going to see more fourth years. Guys who redshirted guys who didn't, guys who played late, like Brandon Ayuk, only two years, one ass, one really good. What'd you do with that? There's not enough to really know, and he can't compare to past prospects because they weren't going through this pattern of production. But either way, Mims compares well to players even that played only three years and were early declares and everything else. His production was just well over the line. Oh, sorry, the, the, the... the amount of offensive production for his team that he was sucking up and producing uh, in college. It just compares to great players, not good players. Can I see an Alan Robinson? I don't do many comps, so I'm not going to. So the second round wide receiver I really like in middle eight first round is Denzel Mims. Brian Edwards, I love... In the second round. Like he's the guy I'm looking to get. But you've got T. Higgins. And even Brandon Ayuk. A first round wide receiver. That I'm definitely willing to reach over for Mims. And Higgins. Even Ruggs. But I'm not going to get Brandon Edwards. If those guys are all falling into that range. And that's where I have him. Edwards should fall. And that should reflect. I'm getting told trade offers. And Asked about trade offers to send and receive. They're frankly crazy. Like you shouldn't be trading rookies. Don't draft them. <laughs> don't draft them. If you're going to send trade offers on them right now. You don't like them enough. If you can't even wait to see the production or not. Just trade the pick. Picks are more valuable than players. Once they become players they're less valuable. Leviska Chenault is another one. Brandon Ayokes on this list too. That I don't like enough that I'm going to get any of. T. Higgins and Chenault are players that I like pretty much on par with consensus. In fact, I'm three spots high on LaVisca Chenault. He's someone I thought I could cape up for hating. Like, uh, like it is a fake breakout age, but players are smarter and smarter and smarter. And every year, he's going on average at the 2.07, 11th wide receiver off the board. I have him as the 8th ranked wide receiver. What's that going to mean? By the time LaVisca Chenault gets taken, most of the wide receivers I like are going to be gone. And so I'm going to be staring in the face of Luis Caschnort being my favourite, even though he's a player I would hope to make a I hate argument on. <laughs> it's going to be awkward. But it's okay. Because I know where I like him and how, why I like him at that value. I like him less than those other wide receivers for very specific reasons. I don't not like him. I like him more than Pittman. I just do. He's got a better athletic profile. He's a monster. KJ Hamler. I actually only have two spots higher than the DLF ADP average. That's not enough. I want to reach on KJ Hamler a lot. But he's now behind two wide receivers. One who definitely is NFL caliber, impressive wide receiver one. And one who everyone thinks definitely can be, maybe even challenge Colton Sutton. I don't think he can challenge Colton Sutton. I really don't. She came down a lot. One of the players that I'm definitely down on compared to consensus and top in the first round, top wide receiver ranks, I'm three spots lower on Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy's in the top three. So it's a very significant difference. I'm not going to get any Jerry Judy, and I'm okay with that because I know why I value them there. When I have a pick at the top of the round or I trade into it, I'm very comfortable taking Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager over Jerry Judy. I'm not comfortable taking Denzel Mims over Jerry Judy because I know I don't have to. So you're looking at a trade-back situation. If I have to, if it's, if it's a put-up or shut-up, I take Mims over Judy. Anyway, KJ Hamler is the third wide receiver if he can beat out the other wide receivers with, you know, second-round draft capital. Significant. But when teams attempt to stop the depth chart like this, it tends not to work out well for a whole group of wide receivers because team 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 suck <laughs> but KJ Hamler's really productive I want him on my roster I had to make trades after my one draft to get KJ Hamler and I overpaid because he just fell out of that range it was an AJ Brown situation I haven't done that for Higgins for the same reason I don't trade up in draft for him There's profiles I like better There's not the guys I'm reaching on but Hamler's in the opposite position he's falling into a range around the, the very start of the third round where I, don't, I haven't had picks. But I want him, so I'm making trades to get him and overpaying for Denver's wide receiver three, maybe, in his first year as a rookie. It sucks. But I don't want KJ Hamlin not to be on my roster. So it's an A.J. Brown problem, but one I'm able to go out and get, which is why take Higgins is more on the A.J. Brown list. You're the wide receiver that I... I'll do some highlights here. Rager and Mims I'm clearly going to get a lot of because I'm going to have very little competition for him where I have them. I have have him ranked wide receiver 2 and 3. Judy goes ahead of both of them, which means in that draft round, if I'm anywhere around there, it's very likely at least one of those guys falls to me, and I'm very happy. So I don't have to worry about getting Rager and Jefferson. I just have to worry about getting that range of pick. More than likely they're going to fall to me. Mims is going to fall into my lap more than often than not when I can't trade up and when I have a later pick. And I'm very happy about that. I'm really happy to be on the let's go Denzel Mims train. Brian Edwards, seeming a little awkward right now, is going at the 2.05. I think I'm going to get some of them. I think I'm okay with that. I'm four spots higher than consensus. I don't think a lot of people are going to challenge me for it. But again, in the leagues I'm in, everyone knows that. And if they like him at all, they will take him a little earlier, just to make sure. That's where standing on your hill and taking your shot comes into play. Not taking, you know, T. Higgins in the mid first round. Not deciding between Denzel Mims and 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 uh, Brian Edwards. The decision is Mims or Higgins. And if you want edwards instead you have to move back somehow some (laughs) way because the value difference you're losing you're just giving up free value for the sake of a take and you don't have to all right i think this is an interesting exercise to go through look at the adp rank your own players see what the difference is, and then order it as if it was a draft round through ADP. So you've got pick 101, 102, 103, because the ADP is essentially just draft, uh, just a draft board in and of itself. And then see where you're high and where you're low. And instead of running through the, uh, the expectation of, I have to trade into this range, look for the players who are actually going to fall to you if you're in that range. Because then you can be comfortable, if I have a pick in that range, I'm probably going to get the guy I like. If not, if you've got an AJ Brown, if you've got a T Higgins, that he's outside of your comfort zone where he's getting drafted, then you have a decision to make. Do I go and intentionally get some T. Higgins? Because I think he has a good profile, even though I don't like him as well as most people. I think he could hit. And I don't want to never have him on a roster if he turns out to be, frankly, A.J. Brown. I really think the best comp for him is an upside Devin Funches. But Defusster has a top 24 season. Again, that's not meant to be a slight. I think A.J. Green's going to play, obviously, uh, and Boyd is just fine when he can't. I, I think the chances for Higgins, especially with an underproductive profile with the lack of history of dominating offenses where he doesn't have that level of competition, makes him less likely to do it, but things happen. And T. Higgins was good in college, good than a lot of wide receivers. That other people would take over him right now. The start of the second round for a profile like T. Higgins is actually freaking crazy. I should be arguing for not liking him in the mid-first round. Instead, I'm arguing I kind of want him at the start of the first round, second round. Sorry, it's difficult. Brandon Ayuk should be a okay, interesting team, interesting landing spot. Don't know enough, we've got a split profile, one bad year, one okay, slash good year. Below average in yards per team pass attempt, for example. I don't quote numbers because no one wants to listen to a podcast quoting numbers, by the way. But if you want to see the yards per team pass attempt, you know where it is in my database, pinned to my timeline in Twitter and on Patreon for free. I know, it said, I know I said Patreon, everyone's like, ah, it's trying to get money from me. No, the database is free. Just click on it, go to Google Sheets, set. there. Uh, you can go through the Twitter link if it makes you feel more comfortable. Uh, don't worry. Um, I, don't, I don't think you're worried. I think I'm worried that people think I'm going to try and charge for it. But anyway, so yeah, I'm not, not going to throw numbers at you. How my draft's going to shake out. I can almost see it. If I don't make moves to get someone like Higgins, then this is how it's going to shake out. I'm going to end up with a lot of Rager and Jefferson. By a lot, I mean if I have a mid early first round pick, I'm going to get Rager and Jefferson because the running backs are going to be gone as long as uh, I'm outside the first five picks, pretty much. Unless everyone wants to take straight running backs' first five picks, DLF ADP bears that out, and I couldn't even beat it. In my, dra- my own draft board, where I'm the only one drafting in 24 different drafts, I went five running backs straight. The order's slightly different. I have Swift slightly lower. I want Akers and I want Dobbins above Swift. That's the only difference between me and consensus. And I'm not really comfortable being that similar in the first five picks. But you know my reasoning. I I, I couldn't beat it. I, I can't beat out uh, that pattern. So it becomes more about the mid to late second round, and I'm going to get a lot of Mims down there. If I, slightly earlier than that, Rager and Jefferson are sitting right there. CD, presuming CD Lamb's already gone, as my one and DLS one. And I'm going to be really happy if you know someone takes Lamb, someone takes Judys, someone takes sorry Rager, someone takes Jefferson. Won't be so happy, but Denzel Mims will be sitting here, and I know for a fact I like him a lot more than most people that are going to be drafting around me in there, so I can settle. I don't have to make sure I go and get my guy. He's going to fall to me. And that's how I want Mims. Two dress I've done, Mims both times. I I didn't have to sweat it. I'm really comfortable with it. I think he has that level of likelihood. I think he has that level of profile. And he's slightly, well, he's getting pushed down under them brian edwards i think i think i'll get my shares i think i'll be fine with my brian edwards exposure don't mind him every league with a 2.5 value in dlf adp i'm fine getting him in every league i don't have a 2.5 pick in every league and i don't have things i can trade for that value and um, if you have a mid first round picks really good time uh, to sell like this class is deep but you've got to remember some of the players we're taking down here are much less likely to break out. Check out the likelihood scores. That's in the DLF ADP database, and there's a separate sheet for it. But that has some calculations and stuff. So that one's actually behind a paywall. But the actual results um, are free in the database. Separate tab. But I, I got to thinking, I mentioned Matt Breeder earlier, it's like Matt Breeder should be valueless less than Zach Moss, and he should be valueless less than Antonio Gibson. He's been going behind Jordan Howard. That's the real reason. That's not nearly as scary when you sketch it out that way. Like, Zach Moss should become Buffalo's running back one. And Antonio Gibson's going to play a really interesting role on a, on a team with oft injured running backs and old running backs. I get it. But Matt Breida's 25 years old. He's averaged really good efficiency, not that it matters for evaluating running back. But he's been really productive. He's never scored less than hundred fantasy points. That's startable weeks quite easily at the running back position, which is really valuable. He's been, he's been often been a top twenty-four producer in the weeks that he's played. He's often injured, but played through injuries. He's been on a team with an incredible, credibly deep committee on a team that is willing to use a committee, to a team that's not nearly that smart, and just traded for him the hundred forty-third pick, I think, in the draft, which is not nothing. It's significant. Um, And they drafted from knowing they already had Howard. Matt Breeders used to operate in the committee. He can work in the receiving game. That's one I actually got right over Jake. Back, back when. Two seasons before, last, before this mega committee developed with Tevin Coleman and everyone else, Matt Breida was actually heavily used in the red zone, which isn't about earning those rushes, earning those targets. Red zone use is much more about much more about having it planned out. They have red zone packages. They have players they use more and they use less, as Julio Jones knows very, very well. Matt Breed led uh, the 49ers um, in red zone touches, for example, in 2018 with 27, if memory serves. Miami hasn't had 27 touches in the red zone in a while uh, for any single player. Like half that is normally their lead red zone toucher. Now, hopefully the team's about to improve. Matt Breida's 25, all for a running back, but he costs less than Antonio Gibson. Like, I really think you could get Matt Breida plus for that pick right now. So, Matt Breida and some other running backs like that are interesting, really interesting value when you get to the mid to late second round this year. Probably want Zach Moss and Chenault and Pittman, Ayuk, Mims. See my ranks, see my draft board over that, but when I'm starting to think about my drafts, oh that's what I was doing, getting full on Mims, think I'm going to be okay with Edwards, might have to reach I might end up with more Chenault than I want if I have picks in that range, I don't think I do so I'm not going to I'm not going to get them but that'll be, that'll be an AJ Brown situation, a player I can't go and get, because I'm lower on I feel lower on him, but I'm actually higher than consensus, so I might end up on a few more rosters After that, we've got, in the late second round, Darrington Evans. I really like Darrington Evans. I've got him over some running backs. I'll post this sheet. I'll put it in the notes so you can see what I'm looking at. Um, I value that skill set in Tennessee. Um, Let me just pull the running backs up. That's going to be easier. Yeah, I've got him, like, over A.J. Dillon, for example, I and mean, AJ Dillon's going to go a lot earlier, and there's just a few little things like that. Like, I have Evans right below the Vaughn Moss tier. Josh Kelly is another one. I'm four spots higher than consensus, so I'm going to be grabbing a lot of Evans and Kelly in the third round, is what I think. Evans' ADP is 2.11, so the end of the second round, but I haven't had to sweat about getting Evans and Kelly on roster so far, Eno you know Benjamin after that. So first round, I'm going to end up with a lot of wide receivers if I can't force my way into those top five, because I really need to be. And mostly I don't. I should, because running back value is hard to come by. And those running backs all look great. But everyone knows that it's difficult. You trade into those top five picks. People are mostly trying to trade down so they can get their guy four spots cheaper, you know. So I'm going to end up with a lot of Jefferson, a lot of Rager. I'm going to miss Higgins. I'm going to end up with a lot of Mims late first round. Brian Edwards in the second round. And in the third round, I'm going to be picking between Darrington Evans and Josh Kelly. Hamler, if both are gone. I hope Hamler falls to the fourth round, but I don't think it's happening. And I think that's one of the things that shouldn't be true, but it is true. People are going to reach on Hamler and they get really frustrated. He's going to end up in the waiver wire. So I've almost been okay missing on Hamler. I've made a few trades just in case that my guy breaks out earlier than we think it is. And we have to break down what first-year breakouts actually look like so you can understand how like, unlikely you it know, is someone like Hamler is actually going to be able to do that. And if he does that because he's amazing in college, then, ha, age-adjusted production. Boom. <laughs> will be the argument. So I, I want him on a few rosters at least now, but I think people are overdrafting him right now because we've done such a good job of explaining why he's likely to break out. Or how likely he is to break out based on his profile. And they're not adjusting for the fact that he's really landed in a terrible spot. Uh, And again, I'm not reading landing spot. It's just... That's just obvious. It's not about vacated targets or if the quarterback's any good. It's just he has an already dominant early round pick playing ahead of him, Cortland Sutton. And Jerry Judy, who everyone loves, that the team just spent even higher draft capital on. Hamler's in, Hamler's in for a little bit of a wait, maybe. He's Andy Isabella from a better conference, and now he's Andy Isabella going to a higher draft capital, younger wide receiver core. Andy Isabella did not increase in value. Like I'm, I'm, if someone's willing to like go all out for KJ Hamler in the second round, I'm willing to play the waiting game a little bit most times. Anyway... Then it's going to be a lot of Eno you know Benjamin, Antonio Golden Gandy, uh, if I have any late later thirds, later fourth round picks. Uh, later in the draft, there are a few wide receivers I like, but it's very clear that the guy I'm going to be picking up, because no one else likes him, he's ranked wide receiver 28 by DLF. I have him at 16, which isn't great, but it's 12 spots higher. So he's going to be available with any late picks I have, and that's Donald Mooney going to Chicago. I like him better than Anthony Miller. Not, not a lot of expectations there, but when you've got a fourth-round pick and you've got a guy ranked 12 spots higher than everyone else and he's there in the fourth round, that's the guy I'm going to end up. So those are the players that are going to end up on my roster. If I have top five picks, I'm going to have some shares of these running backs. and It looks like J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers, since I have them ranked a little higher than most, are the most likely to still be around if I have a top five pick because Jordan Riffshitz is going to be drafted higher than them. And I don't like not, I don't like them over DeAndre shift because I think he's a mere Abdullah. I made a tweet the other day, and everyone immediately made the connection. And I was kind of thinking of him at the time, but that's not why I, do, I don't not like Swift. I like J.K. Dobbins and Akers a little bit more. That's a hard part about these running backs. I can't find much not to like, which, as you know, is a really uncomfortable situation for me. I normally feel most comfortable when I'm not liking things, not the other way around. Unless it's Denzel Mims, Jeffson, uh, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brian Edwards, Darrington Evans, Josh Kelly, KJ Hamler, and uh, you know, Benjamin. I just described probably 90% of my rookie drafts, or practice drafts, or mock drafts, or new startups. This probably the wide receivers I'm going to end up with. Anyway, I'll post the sheet. Feel free to have a look at it. I don't have the ADP in there, but you can see because that's DLF stuff. But I can put the. the, the position rank, I can put their draft order, the 101, the 102 103 rank them yourself see who's going to fall into your range, see who's going to fall out of it, because some things where they shouldn't be true, are true we're willing to play value, we're willing to get a guy we don't like at a decent value alright, I'm out of here
1: yeah Chicken or crow? Chicken or crow? Crossing the road? Go. Clicking a poll? Twitter is gold. Player unfolds, So. Jake on the table and ape on the play, So. Peter enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose? Don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got there lanes, but I like that. Yeah. Picking these guys all of these times, all of these nice stats. Nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am met across the Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play, run, fold, so Jake on the table and they on the play so P is the it's a analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so Jake on the table and able on play so though. in Numor is the players are the analytical.